You're welcome, Lord, in every pew and every aisleway. You're welcome in every area of this building right now. From the children all the way right here in the main worship center. God, you're welcome. Lord, it is not just words that we speak, but Lord, you truly are welcome. God, in my personal home, that's the only thing that I can speak for. But Lord, you're welcome. You're welcome, those that are represented in this room right now. You're welcome in my life. You're welcome in my son's life and my, my wife's life. Lord, you're welcome. And God, let us be unified in that desire and that one. And let there be others in this place that, Lord, will come alongside and want you to be welcome in their life. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Again, welcome to Truth Church. We're glad that you're here. Thank you, Sister Alicia and True Praise and the band for ushering in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Praise God. If you have your Bibles right now, I'm going to get into the Word of the Lord today, and it may be different than what we're used to here of late. But I believe that God is wanting us to want to be unified and to work together, to come together as a body of Christ. I really do believe that. Praise God. Philippians 3 is where we're going to be reading from. Got a few verses of Scripture, just 10 verses today. I'll reference other things in the Bible for a moment. It's 1035. I'm going to hasten. scripture I referenced a moment ago as I was talking just feel to read it right now maybe you've read it before doesn't necessarily have anything to do with my message today obviously probably could if I worked on it to do that but Psalms 33 and verse 1 says behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity and listen to this. This is what unity is like. It's like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirt of his garment. Let's talk a moment about that oil. That oil is obviously for anointing, and as you can gather just from this scripture, if you've never read this or looked into this, this is how they anointed people, kings. It's how they anointed leaders. They pour a whole cruise of oil on top of their head or horn of oil on top of their head. And that oil had healing elements in it. Unity brings healing. Amen? Unity brings healing. We can gather that just from that scripture. As the dew of Aaron, Aaron, and as the dew that descended upon the mount of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. So just in those two, or that one scripture right there, there's blessing and life forevermore with unity. It's describing what unity does, what it brings. 
I don't know about you, but I want blessing to be upon your home. Amen. I want blessing to be upon your home. And I want everybody in this place to go to heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven? I want eternal life. I want blessing to be upon this church. Amen. And I am not naive to think that everybody in this building will, because the Bible talks about that. But my hope is that everybody in this building will have eternal life. I can't, guarantee any, I can't guarantee any of those things, but all I can guarantee is if we as brothers and sisters will come together in unity. Amen? Now listen, I understand some people, I don't, I don't like that person's spirit. I don't want to be unified with them. That's what I'm saying. When we individually become unified with him, and live how he wants us to live and walk how he wants us to walk. That's what I want personally. And then when that happens, man, that's every star aligned, man. That's everything great, but it can't happen. Amen. Then we all become unified and then healing comes, blessing comes, and ultimately we get to see Jesus face to face someday. Amen. I want to be unified today. I want a freshness to be in this house today. Praise God. Praise God. That's the first message, I guess. Philippians 3. Jesus. <laughs> Man, that's powerful all by itself. Those first five words. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Being made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the righteousness, I'm sorry, the resurrection of the dead. I want to be I want to be righteous. I want to be holy. I want to go to heaven. Anybody want to go to heaven? In order, in order for that to even happen, then I got to know him. I've got to know him. Somebody say righteousness. He's right. And in order for me to make it to the resurrection, I've got to be right too. Amen? I'm frail. Anybody else frail? I mess up. I've made grave mistakes this year. I have. I've made poor decisions and done things that I don't like that I've done. But if my mind can say, Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up. If 
I can look at you and you can look at me and we can say I'm sorry and we can move forward. Then we are working to be more like he wants us to be. And we can only do that if we know him. Anyway, let's get back to the scripture. That I may know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, be made conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. This is what we got to do if we're going to know him. Forget, pardon me, forget those things which are behind. I've got to forget the things which are behind. Listen, and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Somebody say this right here with your hand. I said say, that's what I meant to say. Do that right there, reach. Come on, reach. Now listen to verse 14. I press toward the mark. First, I've got to. First, sir and ma'am, I've got to. This is what I do. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now listen to the switch here in verse 15. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained. Listen, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. Brethren, be followers together of me. Somebody say together. (laughs) And mark them which walk so as ye have us for example for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping said what Paul says that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ whose end if we don't is destruction whose God is their belly they want and whose glory is their shame listen to this verse right or this portion of the verse who mind earthly things the Holy Ghost is moving right now who mind earthly things For our conversation is in heaven. For whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord 
Jesus Christ. Praise God. I want you to lay your Bibles down. I'm going to try my best for the next few minutes, the next nine pages, to preach on this thought. Toward the mark together. Toward the mark together. There's a place that we all got to go individually. Amen? But we also got to go there together. If I could say it like this, we need to go there together. Most definitely individually, but we need to go there together. Because I want blessing. I want to see the power of God come in. I want healing to come. I want there to be a freshness that is in this place. The power of his spirit to move on every individual. In the name of Jesus Christ. So we thank you so very much for your word today. We desire to get to know you. We desire, Lord, to feel after you and to walk after your spirit. It is not our will be done, but thine be done. Thank you, Jesus, for your word today. And thank you for your power, Lord, that has already been demonstrated in this house. You've touched. You've ministered, oh, Lord. There are those that have been made sensitive to you already, Lord, simply because they asked and surrendered their spirit and their mind and their heart to you. And you came in, oh, Lord, like the enemy comes in like a flood, Lord. You came in like a flood with your power and your help and your hope and your peace. Thank you, Jesus. Whatever the enemy tries to do, oh Lord, you'll do above and beyond that with your power and your spirit and the demonstration, oh Lord, of your glory in the house, in the name of Jesus. We honor you and we love you in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Could you remind the person next to you to be sensitive to the word of the Lord today? Again, to all of our guests, thank you for being in the house today. And I encourage you to allow God to have his perfect will in his perfect way. Amen. Amen, amen. I know I've said it. I'll say it again. Sister Alicia and your team, thank you so very much. Our goal, our goal as individuals, I hope, I hope, our goal is heaven. Whether you are a first-time guest, whether you're first time being in this building, second, third time, or you've been here most of your life for many years, I pray and I hope that our goal as a body, our goal as individual is heaven. Yes, I understand we have, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to do this. I want to run this. I want to walk here. I want to, I want to build this house. I want to get out of debt. I know those are our goals, but I'm talking about our spiritual goal. I hope that our spiritual goal is heaven. I asked it a moment ago. I'll dare ask it again. Does anybody want to go to heaven? You really, 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 really want to go to heaven. Anybody in the house? Our goal is heaven. Our journey there requires us to press onward and upward. What do you mean, Pastor Darren? That means come hell, come high water. Come situations and problems and issues. Brother Tommy Manning, whatever it is, I've got to press 
onward. I've got to press through it. I've got to get through it. And at the same time, I have got to press upward. What do you mean, Pastor Darren? That means that I've got to get to know Jesus. I've got to learn more about him. I can't ever say, okay, I'm going to, man, I know I'm going to heaven, but I just got to press through this problem. That's all I'm going to do. No, you don't just press through the problem, but at the same time, look unto the hills from whence cometh your help. Understand that it's not you and your own volition, your own desire and want to, to get through the problem, but it is, is his help. It's his hope. It's his peace. It's his strength. When you're weak, he makes you stronger. We know that. And we need to know that. We press through, but we also press up. I don't know about you, but I want to press up. I want to press up. I, I, I feel like I'm a pretty strong person. I know that that lady that I'm married to is most definitely a strong person, man. She pushed through a bunch of stuff, even times when she wanted to throw in the towel. She pushed through sickness. She pushed through pain. She pushed through all kinds of things of, of life. And that's great. But I want to push up. Amen? If I think that I can press through it all by myself, take heed lest I fall. I can't do it all by myself. I can't make it on my own. I can't fix everything. Amen? Now, I can fix a lot of stuff, but I can't fix everything. Amen? I, my, my kids, it's awesome that... Like, I look at them and I say, you can fix anything. I can't fix everything. I can fix some stuff. And then my natural ability stops. And then what do I got to do? I got to look to when it's coming with my help. Amen? I've got to get to know the one that helps me where I can't help myself. Where I can't do it. I can read the Bible. I can study the Word. I can come to church when the doors are open. Amen. I can have fellowship with brothers in the Lord, sisters in the Lord. I can do that. But after that, I need God to lead my spirit. I, I got to have God speaking to me in my ear. I got to have God showing me the way. I can't do any of that. When I'm at the Red Sea and there, I mean, there's no, I'm going to do. I got to have God do that for me. Right. Amen? Amen. Is that a, is, we understand that today. We can't do everything. We can't fix everything. We can't understand everything. But God understands all. God directs all. So yes, my ultimate goal is heaven. But I understand. I got some ability that I can press forward and I can press onward. But to get upward, I got to call on Jesus. I got to let Jesus pull me and guide me and direct me upward. When we are born again of the water and the spirit. We begin an exciting, fun, Awesome, in my opinion, journey to an everlasting destination. The ultimate goal is to hear our Savior, our Master say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Ladies and gentlemen, one must stay on the griddle, if you will, of life and endure the fiery trials that come, knowing 
knowing. And I let me help you understand because I get this scripture like I never have before. We got to stay on the fiery griddle, the flat iron, if you will, the, the cast iron skillet. You got to stay on those. It's, it's, man, it's hot here. This ain't no fun. I don't like going through this mess. I'm going to stay here. And there's some of you in this building many times throughout this year. I have said these words to you. All things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. I asked you at the beginning, does anybody want a relationship with Jesus Christ? Does anybody want a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you want a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you want to live for Jesus Christ, if you want to live how God wants you to live, have to go through some stuff. It may not be fun. Amen. He may allow. Does he know the steps that we take? How do we know that? What? It says so. He orders our steps. He knows the way that we take. So don't you think that he knew that there was going to be shipwreck before there was shipwreck? Yeah. Do you think Jesus knows that? Yeah. He knew there was going to be shipwreck before there was shipwreck. Did he necessarily want it to happen? No. But it happened. That's how it went. So our steps are ordered by him. And if our steps are ordered by him, don't you know? Because his word declares us that he gives a way of escape. If he gives a way of escape, he can work it all out for your good too. I've got to try to get back to this real quick, but I just want to talk about this for a moment. So let's just think logically here from the word of God. I don't like A, B, C, D, and I'm many people in the room, A, B, C, D that's happening to me that I'm going through. I don't like it. It makes me mad. It's not good for my family. It's not good for my children. It's not good for this. Whatever the, whatever the things are that you're saying, none of it's good. I don't like it. But if you have a relationship with him and your ultimate goal is heaven. Amen. If your ultimate goal is I'm going to heaven. I'm going to do whatever it takes to go to heaven. And I am building a relationship with him no matter what. Brother Noe, I don't like A, B, C, D, E, F, G that is happening to me. And I don't like what's happening to my family. I don't like things are ripped apart. I don't like any. He knows the way that you take, Sister Christina. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Sometimes Human beings, we mess some things up. Some people want a relationship with him, and some people don't want a relationship with him. Some people want to keep their eye on the prize and their eye on Jesus Christ. Some people don't. You can't make it happen. Pastor Darren can't make it happen. Some people want to be led by the Spirit. Yes, Lord. Some people want to lend their ear to Jesus Christ. Speak to me. Guide me. I will do what you say. Lord, I will walk how you want me to walk. I will listen to the man of God in my life. Speak and preach the word of the Lord. And I will respond to it by doing what your word declares. But then there are those that don't want to. You can't do anything about that. I can't either. 
But the Bible says, all things work together for good to them that love God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I have a relationship with people that I say I love you to. Right? I'm not going to be like, I love you. I love you. I love y'all. And not have a relationship with them. In some way. Like, we are, we are friends. We do life together. There's many times I've said that to you. Hey, I love y'all. I'm not just throwing out. Listen. I wasn't the guy that had girlfriends that said I love you to them. Personally. That was me. I never did that. That's the only girl that I ever said I love you to. That is the God's honest truth. It's life. So any other person that I ever dated, they'll be. that's the only one that I ever said I love you to. That's it. Purposely, I used to say I like you. Even when I wrote notes, I like you. That's dumb, Pastor Darren. No what? Because let me tell you something. Love's big. Love's important. It carries a lot of weight. The Bible says things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. That means that I'm in relationship with him. I love him. I'm going the right way. And so A, B, C, D, bad things happen to me. I haven't, horrible things happen to people that I love ain't listening to Jesus. Things are not going how I want them to go. Guess what? He says, if you love me, if you are called by me, I'm going to work it out for you. I get it. I get it. It's frustrating. But if you love him, if you're called according to his purpose, he's going to work it out for you. Praise God. Together, we've got to get that in our brains. Together, we've got to understand when A, B, C, D, bad thing is happening to us, I'm still pressing toward the mark. I'm still grabbing your hand, and you're grabbing my hand, and there's turmoil in my family. But you, brother, you, sister, we're going to keep on pressing through so we can go upward. On the road of discovery, one must constantly measure their progress how should we measure it we should measure it by Jesus Christ example one day I don't know when it's going to be one day those that measure their progress with Christ's example will reach the destination I didn't say a destination, the destination. I'm almost, man, I, I'm only on the first or second page. But listen to me. If you measure your progress, somebody say progress. If you measure your progress by Christ's example, you're going to realize if you're progressing or not. You're in the Holy Ghost, Brother Jonathan. (laughs) 
if you can look at Christ and start measuring and you realize that there's no progress. If there's no progress and you're not progressing, then what is the destination going to be? You see what I'm saying? If there's no progression how Jesus wants us to progress and be what Jesus wants us to be, and we're not building a relationship with him, but we are drawn away by our own lust, and we're living how our belly wants us to live, as the scripture said in Psalm. We're doing what we want to do. Praise God. There's not going to be a destination that we want to go to. I want to go to the only destination that matters. I asked you at the beginning, is there anybody that wants to go to heaven? If we truly want to go to heaven, ladies and gentlemen, then we got to have one destination in mind. And if we have that one destination in mind, we are going to progress how Jesus Christ wants us to pr progress. We're going to measure ourselves how Jesus wants us to measure ourselves. I want to go to heaven. I don't care about anything else but heaven. We're going to exchange these bodies. We're going to exchange these earthly, vile bodies to an eternal, glorified body. That's just like him. I want to go to heaven. But in order to go to heaven, there's some things that I've got to do. In order to go to heaven, I've got to know him. I've got to know him. I've got to say that I may know you. That's what he was telling. That I may know him. Don't feel like you've arrived. I'm talking in layman's terms. Don't feel like you've got it. You've attained something. I hadn't attained. I'm still pressing. I got to keep on pressing. There's some things that I still every day got to remind myself. I better forget that junk. I better get away from that junk. I know there's hell, high water, rain, sleet, and snow, and all these other things. But I'm pressing towards you and up. I've got to know him. And I've got to know that he has a plan. And I've got to know that he wants me to go there. And then we've got to do that together. Brother Trevor, together we've got to press. I said together we've got to press. I can't be concerned with myself only. I've got to be concerned about you as well. And you've got to be concerned about me. And we've got to together say, I'm pressing toward the mark. Together, we're going to get to heaven. Together, we're going to take people with us. Together, we're going to go through trials and situations and tribulations and hard times. But guess what? My steps are ordered by the Lord. We're going to make it together if we keep pressing toward the mark. The issue is problems come in our lives. Every husband and every wife, stand to your feet. Please stand because I'll ask you to if you don't. Every husband, every wife, come on, stand to your feet. You may not be standing beside him. That's all right. Listen, I know she's as beautiful as she possibly could be. And I know that I'm less. But we fight sometimes.
Isn't that amazing? Y'all know that? I make her tea totally mad. Ask our children. And she makes me tea totally mad. And we disagree. And problems persist. And issues arise. Guess what? That's what happens in your life too. That's what happens in your life. And the adversary would like nothing more. Some of you don't know this because you don't, you maybe you haven't had a horse, but the adversary would like for it to be a burr. I'm telling you, you better put the saddle on the fence. Because if you don't put the saddle on the fence, and y'all, I've had it. Little bitty, little bitty under that blanket. You put the blanket on first. And you put the saddle on, and there's a little bitty sticker. And that horse will go to bucking and acting crazy and doing crazy things. And you're wondering, what is going on? I'm not doing it. I've got spurs on. I'm just trying to, for a peaceful ride. And you finally get to where you're going within an inch of your life, and you take the saddle off, and you start looking at stuff, and there it is. There's a cuckaburr. And that cuckaburr is causing some havoc upon that horse which causes havoc in your life and that's what the adversary wants to do the adversary wants to come in and start and you fight and you get upset let me tell you something when that happens when that happens you better fall in love with Jesus all over again Pastor Darren he don't feel like praying when I do that Pastor Darren when we have this issue and this problem there's a burden to the saddle she don't feel like praying you pray. Don't feel like you're more spiritual. Don't feel like you got it better than she got it. But I want you to say, Lord, I know that this is not personal. I know, I know this is a tiny little issue. This is, this really isn't that big of a deal. And maybe it is a big deal. Lord, if it is a big deal, Lord, I need you to take care of it. I can't take care of it. If I open my mouth, I cause issues and problems. Because let me tell you what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. If one stops pressing, Eventually, you're going to stop pressing. <laughs> and when you stop pressing, then I won't see you in this building on Sunday and Wednesday and every other special service. Together. We got to press together. We got to move together toward the mark together no matter what is going on. I said it a moment ago, do you believe that Jesus wants a relationship with you, a personal relationship with you? Then you better love Jesus more than you love the person standing next to you. You better fall in love with him more than, I love this lady, I'll do anything for her, but I love Jesus way more. And that is not to disrespect her. I've got to love Jesus more. I've got to be in a personal relationship with Jesus more. I've got to listen to his voice more than I listen to her. And I'm just preaching, baby. I've got to listen to Jesus more than I listen to her bickering. She's got to listen to Jesus more than she listens to my smart mouth. Some of you married people need to get this right now. I, am, I truly am. I know I'm being funny a little bit, but I'm in the Holy Ghost. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to walk hand in hand with you. 
give you the words to say when there's a burr under the saddle. If you know him, if you love him, if you're following after him, when there's issues and problem and turmoil in the home, if you know him and you've built a relationship with him, he's going to work it all out for your good to them that are called according to his purpose. Are you called according to his purpose? Did he call you? Are you just a sham? No, you're not a sham. God did call you. You are called according to his purpose. Now walk how he wants you to walk. Live how he wants you to live. He'll work it all out. To know him. To know Christ got to know Christ. i got to live for Christ. In our text, Paul declared to the Philippians his deep-rooted desire. That deep-rooted desire. And I want to express to you right now, we have to have the same desire that Paul had. He said that I may know him. That I may know who Jesus is. That I may walk face to face. That I may sit beside you and hold your hand. And, and to feel after you and to know you. All of mankind has always possessed a desire to know God. A desire to listen to him. And to hear his voice and to move in the direction that he wants us to move. We have. All of mankind has always, it's always been there. But sometimes, sometimes that desire gets a burr under the saddle, if you will. Sometimes we allow things and stuff to limit us from that mindset that Paul had that I may know him. If I can preach to you right now or encourage you right now, sir and ma'am, you can't allow anything to rival that desire in you that says I, that I may know Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing. Because if you allow it individually, you'll never get together. If you allow something to rival the attitude and the desire that I may know him, then you'll never find a place where you get together in pressing toward the mark. Somebody say amen. amen. Upon the arrival of God in human form, mortals finally had the perfect opportunity to learn personally about him. In his epistle, John declared that that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. They had the opportunity. They had the opportunity to get to know him. They had the opportunity to have that communion with him. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing can rival that. 
You've got to want to touch him. You've got to want to know him. You've got to want to lay down, prostrate, if you will, before him and say, I got to know you, Jesus. I got to touch your hands. I've got to feel after you. I've got to know who you are. Amen. Toward the mark together. Toward the mark together is our heartbeat, is our desire as individual families. And as a body of Christ, that we may know him, that we may know him, that we may come together and know him, that we may live for him and not live for ourselves. For the first time in human history, God made himself tangible to mankind so that he could be seen from an earthly viewpoint. Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. Somebody say in the flesh. He was manifest in the flesh. He was not. Contrary to what people teach and what people say. Thank you, Brother Jonathan, for reiterating that during our, our preliminary time. But he was not another person in the God, Godhead. He wasn't Jesus' brother or God's brother coming down in human form. No. He was God manifest in the flesh. He was not visiting earth. He was God in the man Christ Jesus. He was tangible. He was here. The church is built upon the revelation of who Jesus is. I want to tell you right now, we've got to know who he is. What the adversary will do the Holy Ghost. What the adversary will do, Sister Mary, is he'll try to come in and get you confused. He'll try to come in and say, who are you trying to get to know? You trying to get to know them or him? He'll begin to mess with doctrine. The adversary will come in, praise God, and try to put somebody in your life that makes you question we got to be baptized in Jesus' name? Is that really essential? Is living a life separated from the world really essential? And then the list will go on and on and on. And what he's trying to do is trying to get you away from the desire that's in you. Did you hear what I said? Since the beginning of time, there's been a desire in man. To get back. That's why, that's why we mess up. We don't mind the things of the spirit. So we reach for everything else. We try to fill that void with everything else. We have a desire. We fill it with alcohol. We fill it with worldly lust. Things that we want from this world. We, well, This is what I want. So this is what I'm going to do. No, 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 no. You've got to have a relationship with him. And that be, the reason it's that specific thing. And not something else. Is because that is the desire that God's placed in here. He's placed a desire in your heart and my heart to know him, to commune with him. And so the adversary will do anything that it possibly can to alter that. And so he comes in with false doctrine. That's why the Bible says, hey, you better mark them. You better make sure you get that out of your ears. 
Don't watch that stuff. Don't listen to that person. You better do it. Because its ultimate goal is to get you to stop saying that I may know him. Not them. That I may know him. I got to know who he is. I got to have a relationship with him. I got to build communion with him. My heart desires it. The deepest inside of me desires it. Man messed that up. Man sinned. Man caused it to happen. But inside of us, there's this longing, this desire that I may know Jesus. And it can't be filled with anything else. When it's filled with something else, everything gets out of kilter. You'll never get together. You'll never be, uni we'll never be unified in the spirit. Your home will never be unified. That's why it's important the litmus test or the line drawn has got to be that I have a relationship with Jesus. Yes, husband. Yes, wife. Yes, children. I'm going to teach you and I want you to have a relationship with him. But it is the most important, Sister Joe, for me to have a relationship with him. It is most important for me to fulfill that desire that is inside of me to know Jesus Christ. For when I know him... And I realize something's out of kilter, I'll be able to be like, that's out of kilter. That's not right. I got a relationship with him. I've got Bible for the reason that's not right. And if you have a relationship with him, listen to me. Everybody look at me right now, everybody in the building. If you have a relationship with him and you know, look at me real close, everybody. And you know for sure that that's not right. If you love him and you have a relationship with him, doesn't matter who else you have a relationship with. You're going to be like, I love you. I care for you. You're sweet. You're wonderful. You're kind. But according to God's word, and I've got a deep, intimate relationship with Jesus, that ain't right. And I get it. What's going to happen is World War IV is going to come around. Three. All of them. All of them put together. One, two. We're going to add three and four, five. It's going to blow up. But I got a relationship with Jesus. And I love him so very much. And so what I'm going to do is I'm calling it that it's not right. And I'm living for him. And I want you to live for him. And it may not be that way. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to share this right now. I'm getting totally off notes. That's okay. I feel the Holy Ghost. There's people in this room that know these people or know these individuals, so I'm not going to say their names. But I can remember as a kid, there was a sweet family. A lady, her son, they came to church all the time. Husband did not. Pastor prayed, Bishop rather prayed for them. My mom prayed for them. There's people that had Bible studies with them all the time. This lady, she sang in the choir, Truth Tabernacle Choir, wore our green, black robes, and nice little tan, whatever color that is. They were horrible. They're in the gym if anybody wants one. <laughs> we sang, and she sang, and I got in the choir when she was in the choir. And her husband never came. 
Every now and then when there was a special service, he'd come. She was Holy Ghost filled, y'all. Her son was Holy Ghost filled. But he wasn't doing it. And no doubt, there was turmoil there. I know there was turmoil because I was there when out in the open would talk to Bishop. I can remember it like it was yesterday. And I began to see every now and then she had missed. It wasn't like that always. She has clockwork all the time. But she had missed. He may come to a special event. Maybe come to a maybe come to a Christmas. I don't remember those times. I just remember he was never there. I, so much so that I can't remember his name. I remember her name and I remember her son's name. And Sister Daffron, what happened was that relationship that she had with Jesus, no doubt, I saw her. I was there. I, I, I know. I, I remember those Saturday night prayer meetings I always talk about. I remember she would walk in the Holy Ghost hand in hand with her son and the presence of God would fall. And I, I remember singing in, or singing in the choir and worshiping and bringing people and them getting the Holy Ghost. I remember it like it was yesterday. But somewhere, Brother Jordan, that desire in her began to get overshadowed with the issue. My husband's not coming to church with me. I got an issue at home all the time. I got all this stuff that is going on. I got all these problems right here with my husband not wanting to be in communion with me in loving Jesus Christ and serving. My son is seeing his. And so what happened? I did not have the conversation. But what happened is I know for sure. Because obviously, I was privy, because I was the pastor's son, that she slowly began to back away. Ladies and gentlemen, if you love Jesus, I, I wasn't in the home. I don't know what it was like. But I can tell you this. It does not matter what the turmoil was if you fall in love with Jesus. If you haven't, well, that's easy for you to say, Pastor Darren. No. The Bible says it. Go back to the scripture with me. Romans chapter 2. Or I'm sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for good to them that love God. That love God to them who are called according to his purpose. And it's different. Listen to me. It's different if finally that person looks at you and says, I'm done with you and I'm leaving. That's, man, that's, that's bad. That wasn't what happened. That was, what was happening was, I'm just not going to church. I'll let you do what you want. But I'm not going to go to church. And that was the stance that he made. If she would have continued, I believe it wholeheartedly, if she would have continued being in love with God, if she would have continued serving God and not giving in to that I'm going to just make it easy. I get it. I, I don't get it, but I get it. I can understand that it's hard. I can understand that it is not, it's not fun. But you're never going to get together in pressing towards the mark if you throw in the towel yourself. It's not going to happen. There will never be a time that we are going toward the mark together. If I myself say, you know, this desire that's been placed inside of me to have communion with God, if I don't feed that 
and follow after Jesus and let him lead me and guide me in my way, and I just throw in the towel, then I'll never get there. I'm never going to get there. So the point I'm trying to make is that I may know you, Jesus, that I may build a relationship with you that nothing or no one. Pastor, are you, are you, are you pressing on separation? No, I'm not. I'm saying love Jesus more than anything else. I won't do it, and I don't think it would embarrass you. I won't do it, but there's two people in this room right now that can stand and testify because I love Jesus more than anything that this world had to offer. Because I love Jesus more than even the husband that, I, that, that loved me one day, I'm still in the church my family's in the church and I'm still living for God you can't I know it's not popular and I know it's not what we want to hear but toward the mark together will never take place if you don't build a relationship with Jesus Christ first if you don't forget everything else forget the things that are, that are behind you you don't forget all the pains if you don't get all of that out of your mind and say that I may know Christ Praise God. One more time, would you clap your hands under the Lord? As a monotheistic Jew, Paul at first had difficulty accepting the idea of a small town preacher as being deity. A small town preacher as being the true God, that deity, if you will. We can only imagine how we would react, how we would, who's this guy I think he is? We'd probably be the exact same way if we saw him, the carpenter, the, 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 the little bitty old guy, the one that wasn't, was ruddy. It, Who do you think you are? Who, who is it that you think that you are? What are you doing? Paul, he had a personal encounter with the resurrected Christ. And that personal encounter was nothing like probably you and I have ever had. Riding on a horse, boom, here comes a light, knocked off. But he had an encounter like you and I didn't have. And so he was who he says he was. He could do what he said he could do. He could accomplish anything that he said that he could accomplish. I want to submit to you today, build a relationship with him. And if you'll build a relationship with him, he can do the exact same kind of things. You can have the same exact attitude. It may not, the song says, it may not, he may not come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time. If I could add a verse to that, it may not be like you want it, but it'll be exactly what God wants. But we got to have the same heartbeat as Paul did about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I got to know who you are. I got to have that relationship with you. I got to be in communion with you. And ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly what happened in that conversion experience. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise. You can do it. 
Let it happen to you. Let you be blind. Let you get led to the city. Let you finally get your eyesight back and you say, oh, no, I don't think God can do it. God can do it. God can fix the problem. God can take you through the issue. God can fix your family. Pastor Darren, that's a cool little saying up there toward the mark together, but it's not going to happen for me. We'll never be in unity. You're exactly right. If you speak, you won't be in unity. You won't be in unity. But if you get on your face and say, Lord, that I may know you, I got to build a relationship with you. God, let me have a conversion experience that will change my attitude and my heartbeat about what you can do. Oh, somebody clap your hands under the Lord right now. Paul began that lifelong quest to know more about Jesus Christ. He was obsessed with the desire to possess that knowledge. Praise God. I got to know him. Somebody say, I got to know him. Listen to me just for a moment. I'm hurrying. The word know first appears in the Bible. I know we're all adults in here. So just, or I say adults, we're all can understand some things. Not all of us are adults, but just listen. bear with me. The word no first appears in the Bible where Adam and Eve knew each other in Genesis 4 and verse 1. This indicated an intimate personal relationship based on knowledge shared by the two of them. Oh, praise God. This familiarity came from spending time together and sharing one with the other through mutual consent. Paul used a similar word to describe his desired relationship. He said, this is what he said, that I may know him. I gotta know who Jesus is. As the bride of Christ, we also desire to know all we can of him so we can be like him. We've got to do that. It's got to burn in our spirit that I may know you. I've got to know you. It's got, to burn. it's got to be an intimate, as I had with my wife a moment ago, up my cheek up against her cheek. We've got to have that desire that I may know you, Jesus. I want to hear your heartbeat. I want to know which direction you want me to go. I want to be where you desire me to do, be where you desire me to be, and do what you desire me to do, that I may know him. To be like Jesus, it's got to be our heartbeat. To be like him. In the New Testament, in the New Testament, Genosco, I believe I'm saying that right, Genosco frequently indicates a relation between the person knowing and the object known. In this respect, what is known is of value or importance to the one who knows and hence establishes the establishment of the relationship. We have got to know him. We've got to have that intimate relationship with him. That frequent encounter with Jesus. 
you are not going to be able to stand your ground and say that I may know him no matter the turmoil or the problem if there is not frequency with Jesus Christ. Why? Again, I refer to this often, but why do we champion the idea of personal relationship, of prayer time, of men's prayer, women's prayer, of, of our weekly prayer? Of all, why do we do that? Because we want all of us as a body of Christ to know him. And if we have that frequent encounter with Jesus, that frequent relationship with Jesus, then when issues arise, when problems arise, we are going to stand the ground that says that I may know him and nothing is going to get in the way of that. I've got knowledge of Jesus. I know his ways. I know what his word declares. I've, I know how he feels about this even before somebody tries to tell me what they need to tell me or tell me what they want to tell me. I know he doesn't like it or I know he likes it and there's nothing going to be able to persuade you or sway you make a decision outside of the will of God because why you have the same heartbeat and the same mindset that I may know Christ to know Christ to know to know Christ involves having a relationship of oneness with him which includes a personal complete listen to this I want you to hear this truly it it means that you have to have a personal Complete surrender. You. Ladies, would you stand to your feet all across the building if you're able in body? Ladies, you have to have a personal complete surrender to Jesus. Young ladies, not because Brother Jordan does or Sister Jessica does, you have to have a personal complete surrender. To Jesus Christ. Ladies, you, not, not me, not Pastor Darren, not Sister Ginger, not Bishop, Sister Gilbert, not an evangelist, his wife that comes in. You have to have a personal, complete surrender to Jesus Christ. You may be seated. Ma'am, would you stand to your feet? If we are going to be able to say that I may know you, and be able to get through the issues and the trials and the problems that persist and the, and the waves that come. You. You. In the turmoil that you've been through. You can't do it on my relationship. In the turmoil that you've gone through. You can't do it on Pastor Darren's relationship. That you have a personal, independent encounter with Jesus Christ. On a regular basis, I'm never getting away from you. Is it, it's going to pale in comparison, no doubt, to what he had on that road to Damascus. But when you have that personal relationship with him, that you know who he is, you know his ways, you know the direction he wants you to go, then whatever comes... No matter what burr is under the saddle, I am going to stay my course. I'm going to Jesus. I'm walking where he wants me to walk. I am going there. And eventually, I understand it may take a while. I understand it may not go how you want it to go. But eventually, you're going to go there together. And if someone drops off, if someone throws in the towel, you're going to have brothers and sisters that say, hey, we're going to go together. 
pray to God that you're able to pick them up. I pray to God that you're able to convince them. But sometimes, unfortunately, their lust desires to go a different direction. Their desire, I understand, when we speak of lust, we think it's some immoral thing. It's not just that. You want this world more than you want Jesus Christ. You want your way more than you want Jesus Christ. And sometimes people fall by the wayside. But what you must do is I've got a relationship with you no matter what. You heard me preach it if you've been here very long at all. I didn't want it to happen. I didn't desire it to happen. But God through prayer, prayer helped me. If, if it were to have happened, if she would not have made it through cancer, if she would have died, if the things wouldn't have gone its way, I told the Lord, Lord, I still love you. I'm not going to charge you foolishly. I've still built a relationship with you. You're going to hold me. You're going to hold my children. But thanks be to God that I stayed the course. Thanks be to God that I didn't get away from the relationship. I'm not bragging by any means. But I'm glad I stayed the course. But there's some, Sister Ginger that didn't stay the course. During your issue, during your problem, people walked out on Jesus. Husbands walked out on Jesus and wives walked out on Jesus. There's some in this place that instead of being faith-driven, Lord, I want my pastor's wife to get well. I want my pastor's wife to continue on. I want things to get better. I want everything to work out for the good. You've nosedived away from your relationship with Jesus Christ. But I'm here today to try to encourage you to stand to your feet in the spirit and in the natural and say, God, would you help me right now? I can't do it on my own, but I want to build a relationship with you that is so strong. It's stronger than my relationship with my children. It's stronger than my relationship with my husband or my wife. And Lord, I want to work for you. I want to worship you. I want to live for you. And I want to fight and go toward you together. There is a mark, and that's called heaven. And you need to understand, stand to your feet. You need to understand that the adversary, this world, it desires to kill your relationship. So ultimately, heaven is not your home. There is a mark. The word declares it. There is a mark, and we must press toward the mark. In a time of unprecedented evil, how powerful, how marvelous it would be for the Spirit to perform the miraculous through the church to bring greater measure of revival. But ladies and gentlemen, that is only going to happen if we know about Jesus. If we, I'm not saying just one of us, but every man and every woman, we know about his power. We know about what he's able to do. He will demonstrate it. He'll demonstrate it, ladies and gentlemen. If we all, know about his power if we all know what he's able to do and what he's able to perform and we talk to him and we communicate with him and we let him know nothing's going to get in my relationship in between my relationship nobody is nothing is 
if we have that kind of relationship with him, we will experience a revival we've never experienced. We will experience influx of souls like we've never experienced. There will be dynamic Holy Ghost filled church services and prayer meetings and youth services if we together, together, press towards the mark. It's that important, ladies and gentlemen. Did you hear Pastor Darren just for a couple more minutes? It's that important for us to do it together. Oh, Pastor, I'm just going to be here. Y'all don't need me. I'm not important. You are important. I need you to build a relationship with him. I need you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're not going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, if you refuse to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I can't make you. I want you to. I'm compassionate. I really am. But if you don't want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then don't hinder what God's wanting to do. What our motto should be, this is not original with me. I've said it many times in many messages and conversations. I've prayed it many times. Less of us and more of him until all people see that Jesus Christ is shining right here through me. But when it's all about you, let me tell you, this is not even in my notes. Let me tell you how you know it's all about you. And this is going to hurt. Well, I don't think that's what it is. I don't think that's what we should do. I don't think that's what it says. I don't think that was. I'm going to tell you something. This pulpit intentionally will never take things out of context. And I ask people, Sister Daffron, it's the foolishness of preaching, and I'm pretty foolish, okay? But I ask people, help me out. There's this, this past time I went to um, Deeper Life, and man, Brother Jonathan brought some stuff. From some classes that he's taking, he's finally finishing his... Uh, I say finally finishing like he's, <laughs> this is the third one. It's the last one. He could teach it after this, like probably teach them. But I learned some things the last time, this past time. Only got to go to two classes, two. I think it was, I don't remember. But I learned some things that I did not know before. That's okay. You need to be willing to say, I want to learn some things, Jesus. My wife, she's older than me. That doesn't matter at all, but I just wanted to say it. She's older than me, and we've been married about to be 19 years. 
I thought she'd stick her head out here. But still, but still, I know, get to know things new about her. And she gets to know new things about me. It happens. What if I just said, I don't want to know anything else new about you. What would that do to our relationship? I'd mess some things up. I didn't want to know that about you. Get away from me. I don't like that. I don't want to put that in our relationship. That would cause tension, turmoil, and issues and problems. We have got to look to Jesus and say, Lord, that I may know you. And he may let you know some things about you that he recognizes and sees and realizes that you don't realize and know and see. And he may tell you through the man of God. He may tell you in prayer. That's where I hope it happens because you're more apt to listen. Amen. But you got to be willing to say, search me, O Lord. Show me some things about myself, O oh Lord. Because my ultimate goal is heaven. And my second goal is I want to go with all of these people that are in this room. But if you don't want to know him and you don't want to forget those things which are behind because a lot of you in this room right now are held up by that stuff. Bunch of you. You're held up by stuff. You tie my hands on a weekly basis because you're held up by what somebody did to you that was an authority in your life. That's the Holy Ghost right there, and I'm not just saying that to say that. Allow yourself to get to a new position, a new place where you can say, that I may know you. That I may know everything about you. And Lord, you know everything about me. And Brother Trevor, you said it a moment ago. Lord, search me. Any area of my life, anything in my life that is not where it should be and not what it should be. And my attitude isn't what it should be. And I have, I have suppressed and pushed back that desire in me to have a relationship with you Lord let it come forth again and let me begin to build that relationship with you so I Lord I can press towards the mark as an individual but I can also join hands with my brothers and my sisters and my church and we can press toward the mark together I don't know about you ladies and gentlemen but I want to go to heaven I don't know about you but I want us all to go to heaven I don't know about you but I want your family to go to heaven I want everybody in this building would you step out of your pew and come to this altar and first of all what I want you to do is say Lord let me find that desire that you placed in me to have that intimate relationship with you again come on sir Come on, ma'am. Come right now. Don't let me ask you a hundred times. Right now, God's been tugging at you hard, your heart with what I've preached about, what I've talked about. I'm asking you right now to make your way to this altar. Say, God, come on, step out of the, step out of the boot, media booth. Step out.
out of your places right now and come to an altar and say, God, begin to do a work in me. Begin to work in my spirit, oh God. I want to forget those things that are behind me. I want to press towards the mark.